Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Lions fans. Jesse Cass here for the LMU Basketball Podcast here in the Believe Podcast Network on LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Welcome, everybody, into a brand new episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Once again, I'm your host, Jesse Cass. Thanks so much for tuning in to this brand new episode. It's been a few weeks since we last talked, so I want to get you updated on everything that you need to know for LMU Basketball as we come close to the end of the regular season. We're just two games left for the LMU Lions. They just finished and capped off a three-game road trip uh, and picked up their first road win and road wins of the season, two and one on the three-game trip. We'll cover that. Also, the last time we talked was a few weeks back. LMU, since then, has taken on Gonzaga on the road, BYU at home, and then, of course, the three-game road trip that we said we'll we'll dive into a little bit more. But just some quick updates on those previous two games that we won't get into as much. The Gonzaga game, LMU played very well in that game, actually. We're down by just eight at the half. Would have been five if not for a buzzer-beating three-pointer by Corey Kispert. Ended up losing by 18, but against a Gonzaga team that to up to that point was undefeated in the conference, number two in the country. It was a nice effort on the road. And then LMU followed it up with a tough loss against BYU. BYU really ran away with it in the second half, was just unconscious from three-point range. And that one, of course, also not a horrible loss when you look at what BYU has done and continues to do. They, of course, just took down Gonzaga in their last ball game and are at number two in the West Coast Conference. So the top two teams... Always a tough task. Uh, LMU came up empty-handed in those, but that led us into this recent three-game road swing, and LMU taking two out of three in that. So we're going to break that all down, but quickly before we do, want to let you know that if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. We're also available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart, and also at Believe.com. Go check out the platform. There's over 200 shows on Believe.com, including several others in the college basketball and West Coast Conference landscape, so be sure to check that out and follow along at Believe Podcasts on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever else you need, and follow me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Cast for all of your LMU basketball updates as we continue to, to grind through the season here. As we said, it's coming to an end in just a couple of weeks, but still work to be done for the Lions as this young team continues to improve and start to find their stride and seem to be learning how to close out a lot of these close games that they were unable to win earlier in the season, starting to see the Lions find ways to win those type of ball games. So a young team, as we mentioned, that has dealt with a ton of injuries this year, of course, as we've known, without three of their potential five starters all year long with Joe Quintana going down with the torn ACL just before the season, Damian Douglas going down with the dislocated ankle just before the season, and Matthias Markusen tending to his alien mother in Sweden. Of course, all three of those guys will be back in uniform next season and just really build on the excitement of what this team can be going forward. And you don't want to look too far ahead and discredit or not compliment what's going on this year despite a losing record. Uh, I think the unique opportunity for this team with these injuries has allowed them to have guys thrust into the situation of a lot more playing time and a lot more experience than they probably would have been otherwise. And I think that'll be really beneficial, not only going forward through next season, but 
we're already starting to see that progress take place this season. So uh, I think there's a lot to look forward to with this group. And uh, as we said, we're seeing a lot of it right now. So we're going to break that down uh, on this week's episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast. So let's get into it. LMU on the road, finding ways to win and gearing themselves up for their final two home games and the upcoming West Coast Conference Tournament. We'll take a look into the recent play and the standings, give you an update on everything here on the LMU Basketball Podcast. Let's go. So as we get into it on the Elmi Basketball Podcast, mention the Lions 2-1 and one in their most recent three-game road trip, currently standing at 10-18 and 18 on the year, 4-10 and 10 in the West Coast Conference, good for 8th place in the WCC as we sit now, and a possibility for the Lions to move up to 7th. They're just one game back of Santa Clara, who's 5-9 and nine in the conference, and hold the tiebreaker due to LMU's recent win at Santa Clara. That was the game that started off this three-game road trip, so before we dive deeper into the standings and what the potential seeding and matchups will be for the West Coast Conference Tournament. Let's look back to the start of this road trip for the Lions and that game at Santa Clara. A 65-59 to win for the Lions. They led by one at the half, were able to build on that lead. After falling behind by four, they went on a 9-0 run and then never looked back from there. And as usual, what else can you expect? Eli Scott carrying the way for the Lions after a relatively slow first half offensively for him got to his usual numbers and expanded upon those. 19 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds, 3 steals, and 4-4 from the free throw line. Also threw in a 3-pointer, 50% from the field overall. Eli Scott has been such a great player for this Lions team and not sure if it's going to be fully recognized with the Lions 10-18 and on the year, as we mentioned, toward the bottom of the conference standings-wise. But Eli Scott is certainly an all-conference performer should be on the first team. We'll see if he drops down to the second team because of the Lions record, but he is an absolute stud and someone who continues to grow and improve, not only in his game on the floor, but you can see it in his level of maturity, in his leadership in the locker room and on the road, becoming a really good leader for this ball club through his voice and through the example that he sets on the court with his play. So he has been phenomenal all year long. Of course, the Lions leader in points per game, rebounds per game, assists per ball game. Really a Swiss Army knife of a player does it all and continues to improve. And as we said, going forward, that's only going to just build the excitement level and just the potential of what this team can do at the end of this season and looking forward to next season when they have more weapons at their disposal. So Eli Scott's been great. But we've also seen in the games that the Lions have been able to win, other players chipping in and playing well. And in this game against Santa Clara, Jordan Bell, who has had some really nice moments this year. 13 points, 9 rebounds, a block, and a steal. Sigo Juara, the freshman guard who has some offensive skill, had a really nice game. 10 points, 4 right from the field, 2 three-pointers. I think once he gets more comfortable and more reps, you can see him really emerge as an instant offense kind of threat for this team, which is something that they definitely need. They're a defensive-oriented team that can at times struggle offensively. Someone like Juara, when he gets more confident, more comfortable, can be an additional score for this group. So that was really nice to see. And then the player that really needs to be highlighted is Kelly Leopepe. And I know we talked about him and his ongoing improvement in our last episode, but he has just continued to develop game after game after game. And he was a factor in that win against Santa Clara, nine points and six rebounds in that game. He continued his strong play against St. Mary's where he dropped 15 points and seven rebounds. And then really the cherry on top, and the win over Portland to close out the road trip, a career-high 25 points and 7 rebounds. So we'll get into 
all of those games, as we mentioned, with what he's done. But Kelly Pepe is going to be a really good player and already is a good player for the Lions and someone who, in a season that has had its trials and tribulations in terms of just building with a young team and having a, a losing stretch, Kelly Pepe has just been a continued source of light for this team. Uh, his ability not only to score the basketballs we've seen, especially in recent ball games, but rebounding and just bringing a lot of versatility. He's a low down low, despite being a little bit undersized. He's huge in terms of his strength and overall width on the court. He's a, a wide body player who's strong, uh, can not really be moved out of his spot on the post, either offensively or defensively. He's going to give you great effort on both ends of the court. And he's also a player who starting to show moves off the dribble, but really the thing that brings the versatility is his outside shot. He can score, as we mentioned, very well inside, but he's also a great pick-and-pop threat, really consistent three-point shooter. doesn't have a ton of volume there, but he's a knockdown three-point shooter when he has time and space to shoot the ball. So for a team that has had issues shooting the ball, uh, he's someone who provides that. He provides rebounding. He provides toughness. And really his only main issue right now as a young player is learning to deal with some foul trouble and maybe not defending too aggressively where he's reaching in or getting too physical maybe at the wrong times of games. But he is such a good player, really a lock now for all WCC freshman team and just a lock for being a player that is going to be really exciting to watch. We talked about Eli Scott and his development, of course, in previous years with Matias Markison, who should be back next year, his development, uh, Damian Douglas and what he did his freshman year, what he will turn into. This is someone whose name is going to be right up there with those guys, and you're going to hear a lot from in the next couple of years, and you're already starting to see kind of the fruits of his labor in terms of his work ethic and play on the floor really show itself. So Kelly Pepe has been a huge bright spot for this team, and I think he has an opportunity to be a pretty special player at this university and a unique player. As we said, he's an undersized four who can shoot the ball, rebound, do it all really, but uh, is not the type of player that we've seen a lot of here at, at LMU in terms of his size and what his skill set is. So uh, I think it's going to be really fun to watch him develop and grow as a player because I think he's going to do a lot for this university. So Kelly Pepe on the rise for this team and helping this team in their quest to become better this year as well. We mentioned what he can do in the future. He's helping them win games now, and uh, he was a part of that win against Santa Clara, 65-59. to He was nearly a part of what would have been a really great upset at St. Mary's. It was a 57-51 loss for the Lions at St. Mary's, but a game that was there for the taking. And while the Lions ended up falling a bit short, it was one of their best defensive efforts of the year. St. Mary's, a prolific offensive team that moves the ball and shoots the ball extremely well, held to 35% from the field, 7 of 28, just 25% from the three-point line. Both teams were great in terms of taking care of the basketball. Just seven turnovers for the Lions, which is an incredible number, but only seven for St. Mary's. This was a game that honestly came down to free throw shooting because the Lions didn't shoot it well from the field either. They were just 38%. Three-point shooting was a factor as well, though St. Mary's, we mentioned, was very off from the three-point line. Lions were just two of ten, so the Gales did have five additional three-pointers despite needing 18 more attempts to get them. Free throws were the key. St. Mary's 16 of 16. That's 100%, so that's hard to overcome. The Lions, despite getting to the line 19 times, 13 of 19, not a horrible number, but, of course, six missed free throws in a game that you ultimately lose by six points. That's obviously the difference right there. And we mentioned Kelly Pepe. He was big in that ball game, 15 points and seven boards. Eli Scott, 
again, 22 points and five rebounds. And this was a game where just that third scoring option never really emerged for the Lions. It was an odd night for Eric Johansson, who has been so good this season. St. Mary's made it a real focus to limit him. He was not able to get a shot attempt off in this ball game, which of course affects those three-point numbers. No one else outside of Scott and Leah Pepe had more than four points, which Jordan Bell had. So it was a, a limited offensive effort. You, of course, credit St. Mary's for that. Imagine the Lions took care of the ball. They they got their opportunities, but just couldn't really get it done from the field, despite St. Mary's having their own struggles there. So uh, could have been a great upset win. Ended up as a, a tough luck loss for the Lions, but they did not let that hold them down. To finish out the road trip, they went on to Portland, take on the Pilots for the second time this season, and picked up a win for the second time this season, a 66-58 to win on the road, a wire-to-wire win despite Portland making a couple of runs to get back in the ballgame. The Lions never trailed in the game, and they were led by, uh, stop me if you've heard this before, Kelly Leopepe and Eli Scott once again, 25 points and 7 rebounds. We mentioned that career high for Kelly. The numbers on that stat line for Kelly, 8 of 12 from the field, 2 of 2 from 3, and 7 of 7 from the free throw line bringing big-time shooting and presence to the lineup. Eli Scott, despite being just 3 of 10 from the field, double-double, his 13th career double-double as a Lion as he continues to move up that list. 14 points and 12 boards, was 8 of 11 from the free-throw line. And Eric Johansson getting back into the rhythm after having his struggles against St. Mary's. 12 points, a couple of three balls. Lions were also able to get 5 points and 6 boards and some nice ball handling against full-court pressure from Ivana Lipiev who has had his play be up and down this season. He did a nice job in that second half, and we just saw good minutes up and down the lineup. Parker Dorch gave 21 solid minutes. Sigurd Juara, again, playing well. Jordan Bell doing the same. So this team picking up two out of three wins on the road when they had not had an official road win all year. They had one away from Gersten Pavilion on the early season tournament in Bimini in the Bahamas when they took down Air Force, but the win against Santa Clara and then the win against Portland the first two official road victories for this Lions team on the year, and coming, as we said, at the perfect time of the year for LMU, picking up their ninth and 10th wins on the year, their third and fourth conference wins, and now an opportunity to potentially position themselves well to to try to make some noise in the West Coast Conference Tournament. You're always going to have to go through the heavyweights like Gonzaga and BYU and St. Mary's, but this is a Lions team that I think will feel confident, at least in the first round, being in that bottom four of having a chance to advance and then live to fight another day on from there. Right now, as we mentioned, eighth place in the conference at four and 10 in West Coast Conference play. One back of Santa Clara, who's five and nine. And uh, for the Lions, they'd have to either go one and one and have Santa Clara go 0 and two, or have LMU go two and 0 and have Santa Clara go 0 and two. So they need the Broncos to go 0 and two to get the seven spot in the West Coast Conference. Either way, Santa Clara will have St. Mary's at home and then Portland at home. So obviously one tougher game for Santa Clara and then one game they feel that they should win. And for the Lions, they'll have the Pacific Tigers at home and the San Francisco Dons at home to wrap up the regular season. They'll have senior night in that final game against the Dons for Eric Johansson and then carry that into the West Coast Conference Tournament. But for the Lions, uh, they played both Pacific and San Francisco tough in the first two matchups. Of course, both of those were on the road. Uh, and they're both, despite being against good teams, winnable games. Pacific beat LMU by 12 in their first meeting. In the first meeting between the Lions and San Francisco, LMU was leading at the half, ended up losing that game by 8. So both games, I'm sure they feel they can win. 
uh, but against both teams that are, are solid. And the West Coast Conference, I think, gets overlooked in a, in a lot of ways because it's not one of the high major conferences, but Pacific right now, part of a group in the West Coast Conference that has over 20 wins, including Gonzaga, BYU, and St. Mary's. The West Coast Conference still the only conference in the country with four teams with 20 or more wins. So it just shows the strength of what this conference is and continues to be. The Lions will be facing one of those teams in Pacific on Thursday and then San Francisco on Friday or on Saturday, excuse me. But either way for the Lions, it's all about that progression of this team and continuing to, to learn and find ways to win and grow late in the season. And I think, as I said, I think they have the chance to, regardless of what happens in these final two regular season games, at least give themselves an opportunity to win one conference tournament game. And then once you're in the conference tournament in March, anything can really happen. So uh, as long as they continue to, to execute well and develop, uh, I think that'll be really exciting for this Lions team going forward. So we'll see if they're able to do that. In the West Coast Conference tournament right now, if the Lions were to move up to seventh, they would almost certainly have a matchup with Portland, who sits in 10th place right now. Portland at 1-13 and 13 in the West Coast Conference. They've dropped 12 games in a row. San Diego sits at ninth, who would be the Lions' current opponent if they stay at 8th place. 2-12 and 12 in the West Coast Conference Tournament. LMU did beat San Diego in their only meeting this year. That was at Gersten Pavilion. So whether it's 7, 8, or 9, I think the Lions will be confident going into the West Coast Conference Tournament. They will believe only have the opportunity to play either San Diego or Portland. No way that Santa Clara will drop down to 10, and if the Lions are 7, then Santa Clara would be 8 or 9. So it's either San Diego or Portland for the Lions in the West Coast Conference Tournament. We mentioned they're 1-0 against San Diego Toreros. They're now 2-0 against Portland. While it's always tough to beat a team three times in a row, I think the Lions would be confident either way against either of those teams in what would be likely a fun, closely contested ball game. So I think a lot to look forward to still here while the season winds down. Uh, and we'll see if the Lions can create some magic here at the end of February and into March in the West Coast Conference Tournament in Las Vegas. So much to be talked about still as we will continue to update you on Lions basketball here in the LMU Basketball Podcast. So that is going to do it for this week's edition of the LMU Basketball Podcast. We'll be back with another episode for you next week. Big time preview of the West Coast Conference Tournament after the Lions wrap up their final week of regular season play against Pacific and St. Mary's. Once again, if you're looking to come or tune into those games, 7 p.m. on Thursday for LMU hosting Pacific, and then 5 p.m. on Saturday to wrap up the regular season with senior night against the San Francisco Dons. And then we will find out the seeding and scheduling for the West Coast Conference Tournament following that. But as I said, we'll have an episode to preview the West Coast Conference Tournament. If the Lions do advance in the tournament, we'll have reaction pods and instant analysis from those games, regardless of win or loss, on the LMU Basketball Podcast. So look forward to that and get ready to tune in for that. And also be sure to continue to support us here on the LMU Basketball Podcast. If you listen on Apple, please rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find us anywhere else podcasts are available. Follow along on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Cass. And go to Believe.com. Check out some of the other shows on the platform as well. But that will do it for this week's edition of the LMU Basketball Podcast here exclusively on the Believe Podcast Network. LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Lions.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.